0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. 8.10
1: on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning. Sun rising on the southwest this morning and a crisis at our southern border with a major change in effect as of right now. Border agents are prepared to be overrun with what's been predicted to be tens of thousands of people just pouring over the border Seeking a new life in America. What is happening in New Mexico, Arizona, California, Texas, and the the ripple effects throughout the rest of the country, including cities as close as Chicago? And how did we get to this point? We have the opportunity this morning to talk with Chris Fox from CBS News. Chris is in Austin, live with us from Texas this morning. Thanks so much for a few minutes of your time, Chris. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you. I just got back from the border not too long ago. so it it is. uh, And I'm in Austin where Governor Abbott's kind of running. Texas Governor Greg Abbott's running his newly formed Texas Tactical Border Force, which has uh, sent about 500, uh, 400 rather, uh, uh, National Guard soldiers specially trained to El Paso, another 300 in the Rio Grande Valley. So he's monitoring that from here. One of the questions I asked was "Is if Governor Abbott going to go to the border, and he is not. Uh, but Secretary Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is saying this morning that we are seeing migrants arriving at legal ports of entry. But it doesn't appear yet from uh, the colleagues I've spoken to in El Paso, especially, that we're seeing any sort of tidal wave that, that some had predicted. Uh, at one point a few weeks ago, numbers were thrown out in El Paso as if we could see 35,000 people trying to rush at one time uh, from Juarez, Mexico. And we're not quite seeing that. And I'm hearing from, from Border Patrol authorities that uh, we've seen the buildup all week. And so that's what you know the, the biggest build-up has been so far. Um, speaking with a colleague in the Rio Grande Valley yesterday, he said there they saw a, a record increase in the numbers of migrants and asylum seekers entering the U.S. without permission. Uh, but it, more than 10,000 migrants have been apprehended by Border Patrol on a daily basis in recent days, and also an all time high. So uh, perhaps it's not a big tidal wave, but this is going to be something that is going to rise and rise and rise as we go over a period of time now that Title 42 has been lifted and we're back under the decades old Title 8.
1: Talking with Chris Fox from CBS News. He's in Austin now, just back from the border with Mexico. Yeah, Chris, if I can have you, can we back up a little bit and talk about Title 42, which now has expired, what that is and what that change precipitates?
2: Well, what it did was it allowed, it was a COVID-era restriction that allowed immigration to reject asylum, those seeking asylum, and quickly deport them. Uh, and now, uh, so the, the the federal plan to try and deal with that, Homeland Security's plan, is is kind of a deter, stop, and quickly process. And so what that means basically is that the border, as as uh, Secretary Mayorkas keeps saying, the border is still closed, and we're under the same thing that we were prior to 2020 when when uh, Title 42 was put in place. And that th- this means that in, in circumstances where uh, One of the things Mayorkas said yesterday was that anyone trying to cross the southern border after midnight uh, between ports of entry will be presumed ineligible for asylum and and subject to steeper consequences, including a five-year ban on reentry. And so uh, it it will be interesting to see if these plans, which they've been working on for two years, work. And the plans have also included a a surge of 24,000 additional Border Patrol agents and asylum officers. That's to help speed up the process. Um, one of the things that when I was at uh, the—I interviewed the pastor from Sacred Heart Shelter in El Paso, and that's the one you you see on TV a lot, where a lot of the Venezuelan migrants are living around and outside of the church and inside the shelter are basically women and children. And I got a chance to interview the pastor, and I said, what would be your first ask of the administration right now if you could ask for anything? And I was kind of anticipating more funding to help them keep these uh, shelters up and going and food and, and, and clothes. And that wasn't his answer. His answer was we need uh, asylum processing quicker because these people are stuck until they, their, their case can, can be uh, played out in court. And so uh, that, that's part of the federal plan is to try and speed that process up and, and we'll, we'll find out over the coming weeks whether it's going to work or not.
0: Chris, we often hear about what's happening once uh, they're able to get into the country and how long this process takes and where they all can go and how, tr- you know, how challenging that can be for all, everyone involved. Um, but why are they coming? Is it generally from one or two different places? Is, is it from all over? What is the desire to risk their lives and to perhaps be separated and go through this trial and tribulation?
2: the three big answers, poverty, crime, and oppression uh, in in Central and South American countries. And that this is a hemispheric problem, not just a U.S. problem. And and, and I guess you could go back to the old adage, you're seeking a better life. And uh, those that I met uh, in uh, the Venezuelan migrants I met in El Paso just kind of struck me in that these are people that walked basically 3,000 miles and made it. Uh, Which is, uh, I I can't uh, even begin to understand the unbelievable things they had to experience to get here. And so not not all of them were wonderful people, but the vast majority that I met uh, were positive and upbeat and they were sleeping on the streets. And I thought, how can you be so positive and upbeat? And it's because uh, they've at least made it this far. They've it was a huge accomplishment. Um, and so uh, speeding up the process of basically uh, screening and uh, processing and vetting, and that's that's the thing that's held up uh, um, the the process of so far, at least over the last of decades. And so uh, interestingly enough, a federal judge in Florida temporarily blocked the Biden administration from continuing its migrant quick-release policy. Um, that was done to kind of alleviate the overcrowding at these immigration holding facilities and in these cities. Uh, I know in El Paso they uh, took some of, the, uh, some of the homeland security money, some of the $332 million that have been given out to NGOs and local uh, border towns, and, and they established uh, two closed middle schools as shelters, one of which is now being used. Uh, the other has not been, and they still have the Civic Center to use as well. So the local communities are trying their best to, to, to move these people along. And uh, it's just time will tell if this if this plan works or not. I, I spoke with uh, U.S. Senator John Cornyn from Texas yesterday, and I asked him. and I said we're, we're seeing numbers in El Paso that are significantly lower than we anticipated at this time uh, last week, and he said uh, he, he hoped that that was something that would go forward. But he said he was predicting uh, projecting chaos going forward. So. We'll see, you know, how this all plays out over the next few weeks, especially.
1: Chris Fox from CBS News is in Austin, Texas this morning. He's just back from the border. You know, another thing we're hearing in terms of why the surge now, and even though we have these new rules in place that sort of effectively are supposed to not change anything, right, for how the border operates, what we're hearing about a lot, Chris, is that this misinformation that is going on just the other side of that border, so to the south of the U.S., what migrants are being told by other people like, no, the board, the border's open. You just walk right in. They're being told that.
2: Yeah. And, and what's interesting is I, I talked to a colleague in El Paso yesterday, and he said that uh, he was on the Juarez side, actually. And he said that I, I, I asked him, um, what do they know about Title 42? And he said the vast majority have no idea what Title 42 is. And he said the ones that had heard of it, uh, they thought what it meant was after Title 42 is lifted, the border is shut down. And so which it, Alejandro Mayorkas did say the border was closed before and it's closed after. But they thought they a complete shutdown of the border. That's why the, uh, perhaps the influx this week was so big. And so it, it'll be interesting to see you know, what they do know and what they don't know. And, and, and part of what uh, Secretary Mayorkas' message has been is don't listen to the smugglers. Uh, they're lying to you. And, right, right, And, and so uh, they, they said they've already arrested over 10,000 in connection with smuggling in Texas. Governor Abbott uh, has a bill before the state legislature right now that would make it a, a mandatory 10, 15 year sentence for anyone smuggling migrants. And so, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But so far, at least in El Paso, we're not seeing that massive tidal wave that that some feared that we might.
1: I want to get one more thing in here with you, Chris, especially since we're so far removed geographically from that situation up here in Wisconsin. But are we really? If it weren't such a human tragedy, it would be almost comical how there's this game of hot potato going on between different political factions and what you have. uh, Governor in Texas and Governor DeSantis in Florida and other places sending migrants up to northern cities. And now you have the cities. Sending what is coming their way out to suburbs, and it's like, who touched it last?
2: Yeah, I, you know, and that's been part of the criticism uh, in Texas by Democrats against Governor Abbott uh, busing uh, to uh, sanctuary cities, uh, Chicago, New York, Washington D.C. As a matter of fact, uh, two nights ago, uh, fifty a bus of fifty migrants from Texas arrived at the Vice President's house. Um, So, yeah, there's been a lot of back and forth about that. One of the interesting things in in my conversation with Senator Cornyn yesterday is he was heavily pointing the finger at the Biden administration's policies for for overturning a lot of the executive orders put in place by former President Trump. And and one of my questions to him was, you know, that Congress is basically in charge of immigration law. And and you have been in office for over 20 years. Uh, Senator Cornyn had been in office over 20 years and nothing had happened. Uh, is there any blame to go around with Congress? And, and, and he, I, I couldn't get him to bite on that. But it does seem like uh, every side is pointing at the other side and blaming them and, and instead of working together to try and actually come up with some sort of uh, humane answer uh, that, that works for all sides. Chris Fox
1: from CBS News. Really appreciate your time from Austin, Texas this morning, Chris. Thanks so Thank much. You. 820 right, on Wisconsin's Morning News. 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, just to close up the conversation that we just had with Chris Fox there in Austin, Texas, just back from the border. And we'll watch how that situation continues to play out. The interesting thing that he said so far this morning is that there is not what was heretofore anticipated as a huge influx, like one giant surge, border overwhelmed at a given moment in a given spot. We continue to watch for that. The numbers are there. The people are there. See how it plays out. Uh, got an interesting text on the old National Bank talking text line. How blessed our problems solve themselves. Population crash, population influx. I think there's no question that we have to do something outside of this momentary crisis. Long term about immigration, everyone on both sides of the aisle agrees the
0: si- the system is broken, yeah. and that we need people. Well, and he, it was interesting though. He called it a, Chris uh, down there in Austin. Our CBS correspondent called it a hemispheric problem. Like this is a this is a hemispheric issue. It's not just a US issue, not just a Mexico issue. We have a problem with these migrants having to flee poverty and flee just some dangerous conditions for living to find a better place to be.
1: And on top of that, I do think there is great value in wanting to be the place where they would like to come. Right. Better to be on this side of it, right? But you have to have a legal and orderly process to do that. And somehow these guys got to get together and create that process and make it easier. I think we need more immigrants overall. We can't have people coming illegally. So somewhere in there has to be a way to make this system better. But ultimately, we need more people in America. People are having smaller families. And we need to build our population, but we got to do it through legal means. I wanted to because we got some fun coming up at 8.30 here with Mother's Day Ahead. Special 5Q. Still wanted to make sure that we uh, touched on this story. We had the 15-year-old who was critically injured in that uh, car that slammed into the school bus at Morris Middle School last week. This was the kid who was hanging out of the car window, and his body slammed into the school bus when the driver behind the wheel crashed. And he was... Badly mangled, Yes, right? Had a skull fracture, brain bleeding, was on a, a ventilator. Mm-hmm. And there's information this morning that this 15-year-old is going to make it. Barring the unforeseen, he is on the road to recovery. The, the uh, ventilator is out, so he's breathing on his own. Family members tell us that he's talking. So that's good news, regardless of the criminal behavior that was going on and the reckless behavior that was happening. It's good news that he's going to make it. And I'm happy for his family. But my takeaway from that is I've talked about this before. What would make a great public service announcement? What we talk about all the time, but how are we going to deal with this? How are we going to stop the reckless driving? It's not more laws. It's not concrete bump outs. It might be better prosecuting people. That is one part of it. But the other thing is you got to send a message to this is what can happen. Never mind the consequence of you might get run through the court system or you may or may not be prosecuted or you may or may not end up behind bars. You could end up like this young man. And I would love if somebody could get in there and talk with him and build a public service announcement and a campaign around that. See how he feels now about that decision and the decision he and his friends made in those moments where it seemed like everything was all going to be good. Have him tell you what it felt like if he even remembers for his body to slam into that school bus. And for him to be on a ventilator, for him to be a a half-step from death. Have him share that story and see if that maybe can make an impact. 827 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Friday morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. It's Mother's Day weekend, and that brings to us a very special 5Q. Gotta get to it.
0: And now, time for the 5Q. Hey, Mom! The (laughs) meatloaf! All right. The 5Q is underway. This is when we ask the panel a series of questions about a specific topic. And then we compare and contrast those answers with an expert. Well, today the topic, of course, is Moms and Mother's Day. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And again, our experts will be our moms. Mommy. Here's who we have. We have Vince's mother, Christine. We have Debbie's mom, Rocky, who, <laughs> by the way, you will immediately fall in love with. And my own wonderful mother, Nyla. We have taped their answers. We have not heard their answers, or at least our respective right. sons and daughters mm-hmm. haven't. And uh, we will match and see how close we are. So I will pose the question, and the challenge will be for us to see how close we are to what we think our mom would have answered.
3: So newlywed game style. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah.
0: Does that make sense for everybody? So what did your mom answer to this question? Mm Yes, okay. Why was Vince named Vince? And Vince, what would you have been called had you been a girl? Why was Vince named
1: Vince? Don't know what I would have been called if I had been named a girl, so I'd have to pass on that. I know my mom wanted to name me Christopher, and Vincent is my given name, and I believe it's Latin for, like, the conqueror. And my dad was a Latin teacher.
3: That That totally makes sense. Christine?
4: Oh, gosh. Um, I think his dad really wanted an Italian name. And I was really afraid that if he was Vince, he'd be called Vinny. Because there was some actor... On a soap opera at that time, that was kind of a scoundrel named Vinny. <laughs> but in the end, we went with Vince, and it really worked out for him. I think. Yeah, yeah. checks <laughs> out. Works. All, right. All right. So, what about the girl name? Um, I think we were t- talking about Emily or Emma at that time, and eventually, he had a sister. Ten years later, and she became Emily. All right, so yeah, that you, makes sense. everything worked out. You got the right, first
0: yeah. one. You didn't get the second one, though. Yeah, we, nope, didn't so know we that. Half, half point there. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Sure. <laughs> the are, are we keeping track? track, or track, track or no, oh it's like no, no the scoring game. All, right, All right, Debbie. All right.
0: Why were you named Debbie?
3: Um, my godfather's daughter, who is just a cousin. Her name is Debbie Diane Lazaga. So yes, there is another Debbie Lazaga out there. Um, so I think so I was named after Debbie.
0: All right, Rocky.
5: Where?
3: My husband has
5: a goddaughter whose name is Debbie, and she was his first godchild ever. So, and, and she's a sweet. Little girl, she was. No, she's big, uh, but that's why Debbie and her now
3: last she... name was Lazara also. See? Now yes. she's big. Yeah, she's big. All right, what yes.
0: about a boy name? What would um, you name it? Be?
3: I'm thinking for some reason Kenny jumps up.
0: Kenny, survey says probably
3: Kenny
5: yeah! because my Holy husband crap! loved Kenny Boyer from that. <laughs>
6: From the Cardinals. Kenny Boyer from the Cardinals. Go
3: figure. Dad. (laughs) Well done. He's a huge Cardinals
6: fan.
0: Uh, Mine is easy. Uh, I'm Norwegian Eric the Red. That's who I'm named after.
6: Nyla. Uh, It was a Norwegian name, and that's why uh, it's spelled with a K, which is the Scandinavian way of uh, spelling Eric.
0: And I'm pretty certain my girl name (laughs) would have been Kari. I'm going to go with Kari. Uh,
6: Yes, we did.
0: And she would have been who? Uh
6: I believe we had Kate. Oh, oop, dog. oop. I've got a
0: So I have this a
3: point girl. for right. you. I
6: asked her what
1: about Erica? She said
0: nope. <laughs> I've not thought of that. All right. Number two of the five Q. What is the most memorable gift you've ever given your mother, Debbie? <laughs> most memorable gift you have ever given your mom. What's the she gonna say? The
3: only memorable gift I remember. Other than like gift certificate for a restaurant, was I got her a strawberry planter, a planter that had little strawberry things in it because, I fit because yeah, it was it's fun to eat.
0: Strawberry planter, Rocky. What is the most memorable gift you ever received from Debbie?
5: From Debbie, okay. (laughs) Who else? She actually gave me a beautiful blouse that I love. I still wear it. Yeah, it's. Pink with a white color, and yeah. it's really pretty. So I remember
3: nice, that. Good okay, job. Okay, right, well done. Did not get the point.
0: <laughs> All right, you want to do you? Go okay, ahead. Okay, I can do me. Uh, God, I have no idea. Um, this is I love this answer. <laughs> what, the one that I have no idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, which one was I going to say? Did I tell you? Now I forgot No. One? Or you love that I... Oh. No, oh, I, I love what your mom I said. It, what your mom I said. Um, I, so I used to ask my dad to help me make things... So I think one time I gave like and dad wasn't around to help me like cut something on the bandsaw or whatever. So oh. I remember like writing her name with a marker on like a piece of wood <laughs> and, and giving it to her because dad wasn't around that day to help.
6: There was a gift I received it when they were younger, but I don't know which brother <laughs> gave it to us. Gave we- it to me. But it's a hot it's a square piece of wood and and they had etched on it with a um Oh, whatever! A hot pen, Happy Mom's Day, <laughs> and wh- I still use it today to put hot stuff on uh, on the table. But I don't know if Eric is the one who made it or yeah, that. no, I, I didn't make it. Oh!
0: <laughs> you didn't make that. Oh! <laughs> no, <laughs> mine was just with a marker. So my brother Scott, who's more artistic, oh, he actually, actually burned, burned it, it, in? and okay. she uses it as a hot plate oh. or whatever. So. So well, you are
1: f- in the neighborhood.
0: I think close. that counts, right? okay, Vince. Back
1: in the days before the internets and whatever, you'd have the infomercials a half hour long, if you order right now kind of thing. And I got my mom, when I was way too little to barely even dial a phone, I called up and bought her a diamond ring. (laughs) All right. Wow. Let's let's see.
4: That one's really easy. So he was pretty young and uh, he saw an advertisement on TV for a diamond ring And uh, if you ordered now within the next X number of minutes, you also got the valuable Black Star of India jewel. And uh, this could be sent out to you, COD, no payments now, whatever. I think it was something like $50, and he was just a kid back then. So anyway, somehow he ordered it, and the COD arrived with the diamond dinner ring and the Black Star of India, which was... Like a, a black grain of. Yeah, this is wow. tiny. I remember she said, Talks a little bit more about the size. It's a raised dinner ring, very elaborate with all kinds of knock diamonds. And then in the very center, there's a diamond that um, you would need a magnifying glass to see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and COD, she had to pay like right then. Well done. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> yeah, like, okay, <laughs> okay up, lady. Well done. All right, next one. Okay, Mimosa or Bloody Mary? Which one would she order, Mimosa or Bloody Mary? We back to you, Vince? Uh, sure. Uh, I think my mom would do a Mimosa and probably half a one. A Half of a Mimosa. What did Christine say?
4: Oh, I guess a Mimosa for
0: me. For him, a Bloody Mary 100%. All right, there you go. Well done. I like that. Accurate. Okay, Deb's.
3: Um, it, it's right up there. Right, they are like neck and neck, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say mimosa okay. and kick myself because she's probably gonna say bloody. Rocky. And mimosa, Yay! because it's it's a little sweeter. <laughs> so
0: I asked her. I asked Rocky. Okay, you gonna have one on Mother's Day?
5: I, I don't. I don't. Jeepers, I I hadn't thought about that. Well, they're now. taking all the mothers. <laughs> they're taking us out to to have breakfast, but uh, I don't know if that place has mimosa
0: we will we'll find out. One,
1: You're I'll on the hook one. for one. Yep. <laughs> the Jeepers.
5: I love
0: the, I love the Jeepers. i got to hear that one more time. I, I, don't,
5: I don't. Jeepers. I, ha- I hadn't thought about that.
0: Jeepers. Uh, okay. For Nyla, I'm going to say Mimosa as well.
5: Uh, mimosa. There we go. Boom. Boom.
1: I didn't really know if you wanted to follow-up on that.
0: I didn't know. Yeah. All right. So why, you were right. Why do you like a Mimosa? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Next one. Of the 5Q, it's our mothers who are trying to guess what they're going to say. What was your most memorable family vacation, Debbie? What's Rocky going to say?
3: Okay, I'm going to say that she's going to say when we went to Europe when I was 12. However, there was another camping trip that we were camping at Disney when Elvis died. And we found hmm. out when Elvis died. But it's, I'm going to say the Europe ones.
0: All right, Rocky, memorable vacation. For
3: our 50th
5: anniversary, we took them all to Turks and Caicos. And that was great. Crap, that's right. I love that place, and it's... uh, Being that I was born in Cuba, you know, I like the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's right. Uh, That's right.
0: Yes, all right. So, swing and a miss there for Debbie. Crud. My turn? I'm going to also go that way. A 50th anniversary... I'm gonna say San Diego. That that'll be a, the memorable vacation because we all went to San Diego. My brothers and our families were all there together. What did Nyla say?
6: Probably the cruise we took in the Caribbean.
0: Oh, okay. We did take a cruise. We went to
6: Barbados
0: and St. Thomas. Yeah, she Well, liked that. it
6: was just it was just the five of us, and we took it because they were each they had each moved on to a different school. Eric was starting junior high. His brother started high school and his older brother started college. It was their first year and it was between Christmas and New Year's or New Year's. It was the week after New Year's.
0: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, good trip. The worst part of the whole thing was coming back on Sunday night and having to go to school, school the next day, next oh, day after yeah. a trip like that. It was it was a phenomenal trip otherwise. <laughs> but coming back was just death. Brutal. Okay, most memorable family vacation. Vince, what's Christine going to say? You said
1: most memorable, not necessarily best. So okay. <laughs> Ooh,
3: okay.
1: We drove to Disney, drove to Disney <laughs> World when I was in like second, third grade. All right. What did
0: Christine say?
4: Well, I wouldn't call it a favorite, but we did go to Mackinac Island. And uh, that, of course, was a complete dud vacation with a boy who was in middle school. There was nothing to do except ride around on those horse carriages and buy fudge. So, um, yeah, he was pretty moody on that vacation.
1: off. I, I would have guessed that because of that. She's off a little bit on her date. I was 15. So like Vince 15 Moody? year old on the family vacation to Mackinac Island where oh, they take you back it. in time
6: back to a time it. when there was nothing to do. Literally there's just a fudge shops every
4: third third building was a fudge shop and there was just we walked <laughs> that is the, the truth. fort there's a fort on the island but okay. that was pretty dull. All right. Still that way. By we got to get
0: moving here. Fifth uh next of our questions of our five q we are asking our, our moms. Okay, what's What's Nyla gonna say for her favorite TV mom? Gosh, um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think she's gonna say this, but I'll. I'll I remember us watching the show a lot, the Cosby Show. So I'll say Claire <laughs> Huxtable. I don't. I don't think she'll go with Claire, but uh, that's what I'll say.
6: Maybe um, the one that was on Bill Cosby. That's <gasps> the only family show I can think of right now. I mean, that had a family
3: in it.
0: The Huxtables. Yes. All
3: right, got it. Yeah, you're you right. go, right. Right. Nice job. There you go.
0: All right, Debbie. What's Rocky going to say for her um, favorite TV mom?
3: I'm hoping she's going to say Samantha Stevens from Bewitched.
0: All
5: right, Rocky. Probably um, the mom from from it's uh, the, where Fongzi was. Remember oh, that it would be happy for, days. Happy days, happy days. That's the lady, Mary and <laughs> Why did you like her? Oh, she was sweet and always smiling, and uh, she didn't yell at them or anything like that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> goals. Uh, used to
5: goals. drive my
1: mom nuts that the the June cleavers of the world already were so put together, and the house was perfectly orderly, so I don't know if she'd say that was her favorite, but
0: she would definitely come to mind. Okay, what's mom going to say?
4: Oh, leave it to Beaver, Bingo. Barbara Billingsley. Go. I mean, with her pearls and... Even when she was cleaning the house, she was dressed in heels and she just, it was just a very happy family.
0: All right. Not bad. All right. Let's do one more of our 5Q. Let's get our last question in as we say, happy Mother's Day to our wonderful mothers. All right. The favorite dish that your mom likes to make. What is her favorite dish to make? Who should we have start? Vince, you want to start this? Yeah, one? I'll go quick. Um, she's
1: a baker and a and a great cook. So boy, tough to choose from. I'm going to go Hungarian goulash is
0: the
4: specialty Ooh, uh,
1: Hun-
0: among many. Hungarian goulash, Christine.
4: Hmm, I think the red velvet cake.
6: Oh, all right. Well, oh, she well. went a baker.
4: recipe a few years ago. And I think it was some Milwaukee Journal Sunday magazine or something. I wasn't even familiar with velvet. But it looked delicious, and I made it, and we all just loved it.
0: Everybody loved it's it. It's ridiculous good. A little bit more from Christine. As
4: I'm saying this, I'm wondering if he might say Grandma Ella cheesecake, but we'll stick with the red velvet.
0: All right, red velvet
1: it is. I would go red velvet <laughs> over the Grandma Ella, but yeah. nonetheless, she went baking, not cooking. I would have picked that if we did baking. Kay.
0: All right, Debbie.
3: I'm going to say arroz con pollo.
1: All right, Rocky.
3: Arroz con pollo. That's my girl. <laughs> Rice with chicken. Bueno. It has, at the,
5: at the end, a little bit of, of beer on it Yep. so that it is not too dry or anything. It's just kind of, not soupy, but but kind of soft like that. And and it's really good because it brings so many good memories. All right,
0: well done, Debbie. Yep. All right, I'm going to say the favorite thing my mom likes to make. It's either pizza or it's spaghetti. I'm going with the spaghetti.
6: Whoa, that's a toss-up. All <laughs> Probably pie. Uh, she does make a good pie, dang it.
0: <laughs> and I knew that, too. Actually, my mom's very good at the pie. It comes down from Grandma, too. Grandma was good at the pie making. Oh, what kind? Any kind of pie. Any kind?
6: Mm-hmm. What kind do you want?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, like a Dutch apple? How about
6: that? <laughs> I do make good apple pie.
0: <laughs> I believe it. All right. That has been the 5Q. I'm sorry, mom, I should have known the pie one. Yep.
6: Dang it. I well, it
0: sounds like there's one. an uh, there's a standing offer here. So we put the order we'll in. We'll take it. Oh, that yeah. has been the 5Q. My thanks to Rocky Lazaga, my thanks to Christine, Vince's mom, and then my thanks to Nyla, my most wonderful, beautiful mom, the only one I got, of course, but of it's course. my mom, so. My yep. job mom, Happy moms. La, 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 la.
1: Is Military Spouse Appreciation Day. Flyover for the husbands, the wives, the partners of our armed forces. Important thing I've learned over the years and talking with so many military families locally is we rightly honor our troops. We do that pretty well, but we often forget our heroes here at home. They take on everything else when their loved ones are deployed oftentimes they become single parents they bear they bear a lot of burdens so they don't always get the flag waving that our troops do so a hero day for them today as we appreciate the important work that they do and then also national police week coming up that's going to be next week time in washington and back here at home where we honor law enforcement officers who've been killed in the line of duty very special tribute takes place this weekend at police departments and memorials there will be a lone bagpiper playing just before midnight on saturday
2: From Coleman to Racine and uh, all parts in between.
1: Gary Byers of the Greater Milwaukee Fire and Police Pipes and Drums. He's organized this effort across the state, including at least 20 pipers who will play those
2: solemn notes Saturday night. The piper plays Amazing Grace three times, two times, standing still, and one time as a walk away. It culminates with with the promise that we told, we tell everybody, we will never forget the fallen.
1: And some folks have texted in wondering where they might be able to see that. So it depends on your community. MilwaukeeBagPipes.com has information on where all the Midnight Pipers will play Saturday night just before midnight. And we stuffed a lot into the show today. Busy one. Yeah, a lot of things happening. Yeah, yeah. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Steve Scafidi is back in the house, and he's next on WTMJ.
2: 2-0 here. How about a homer with the pink bat? Let's get out of here. 5-5 game.
5: High fly ball. Deep right field.
6: Happy Mother's Day.